Hello, hello. Welcome to the PAL show. Today, my guest is Taylor Harrington. Taylor is on a mission to build the opposite of loneliness in the world. As head of community at Groove, she's busy bringing solopreneurs from around the world together to get shit done and make progress on the projects that matter to them. Welcome, Taylor. Woo! I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, PZ. <laughs> Taylor, from the little time I've known you, it has become evident that you value connection and community. So tell us a little about when this interest was sparked and how you found yourself in the space of building communities. Totally. I like to say that I've loved people and meeting new people since probably age five. Like even before that, I've just loved people since a very, very young age. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realized that I could really dive into the field of having my job be all about meeting people and helping them feel a sense of connection and belonging as they enter whatever that community looks like. So uh, I like to say that it's been kind of a, a lifelong journey. While I was uh, younger, back in high school, I learned about the word Sonder, which is the realization that every random passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own. And I had been thinking about that concept for a really long time up until that point of just how beautiful the world is that we all feel like the main character in our own lives. And we get the chance to become a bigger part of each other's lives, not just be a person who's holding the door open in Starbucks for you, but we can say, hey, how's your day going to that stranger? And who knows, maybe you'll be good friends after that. You just, you know, it's your Sonder gives us the ability to open the door uh, to be more than that. And I think that's what I've been so fascinated with over the years. So now as head of community at Groove, I get to do that for people all over the world. Uh, they hop onto our app, which is a digital co-working community for solopreneurs, as you mentioned. And people get the chance to be a part of each other's lives. They are working on these projects, whether it's a copywriting business or it's um, an art project that they are working on, or um, they are leading a new podcast, whatever the project is, they're coming there with such enthusiasm and passion for what they're building in the world. And they're doing it on their own and they're doing it remotely. And together on Groove, we can encourage each other to get that, that thing done, to get shit done and do it in good company. So it really uh, combines a lot of my interests of bringing people together and helping them feel less lonely in this crazy world. Taylor, I love this so much because I recently began coaching and I do this activity with my clients where we go over values and sure we can list out whatever our values are, but our actions tell the real story. And so one of these activities that I do is digging through previous decisions that you've made. And sure mm. enough, with every single client, I've found that every single human being values connection and growth. Mm. Why do you think that is? Wow, that's so powerful to learn that about people generally. Um, I think that growth is what, we, what we're on this earth for, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I was talking actually, so this morning I was at a creative morning session, which is an organization. They have them all over the world, um, but they host virtual gatherings and in-person gatherings. And I was there and the speaker, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, but it was Casper Tercol, I think is how you pronounce his last name. And he wrote a book called The Power of Ritual, which I've read. And I think that what was really beautiful about his, his um, presentation this morning was he talked about how in most graphs, 
when we talk about growth, when we talk about um, how much money we make over the course of our lifetime or um, how much, um, how, I don't know, you take a lot of different things. Like you tend to see this exponential growth when you throw things on a chart. There's usually not so much waviness, but we think a lot about this exponential growth in our lives. So um, I'm going to meet more friends in my life as I get older, or I am going to have more opportunities as I get older, or how cool my car is is going to increase as I get older. Like you associate some different things with as the years go on, so does X or so does Y. And I think that growth is a really interesting piece of that because basically Casper was arguing that there are certain things in our life, like he, he joked, we're probably not going to keep getting hotter for the rest of our lives. He's like, at some point, you might hit an age where I'm sorry, but you looked hotter at 25 than you do now. And so he made this joke of like, there are things in our lives where it's not so exponential. And I think growth is one thing that consistently we are always going up in. We're never going backwards. Um, you know, we're, we're any, even if we have a moment where we are faced with a really important decision or really hard situation, we can still grow from it. So even if it feels like a pause from that pause, we can reach a little bit higher. And I think the hope in that and the um, feeling grounded in that, that that's what you're working towards is to continue to grow and be even more yourself uh, and learn from the people around you to become even more them actually, that through that connection, those shared experiences and learning about them, you become even more you. I think that's what really drives us and, and what we, hope to accomplish in our lives, even if we don't so explicitly say it all the time. This also brings me to, okay. So I find that in my research of like, for example, what brings us happiness? In my research, I've found that a lot of times, especially like faith-based organizations, they recommend doing acts of service, like go get involved in your community. And they don't mm -hmm. explicitly tell you why it's good for you, but then you go get involved in the community. And I look at my own life when I was depressed, I just, I was like a hermit. I wouldn't talk to anybody. And part of what changed everything was I did like a companion audit and I was like, I listed out my values and I listed out the values of the people that were surrounding me and they didn't match up. And I was like, you know what? Chances are they're not even going to miss me once I'm gone. And they didn't. Not, like very not a single person reached out to me no one noticed that I was gone and I just made new friends based off of my values and that changed everything I started in communicating and interacting in my community and that actually started cultivating joy and happiness why do you think that we need each other for that well, it actually is a really interesting story you just told there because it sounded like you had connection, but they weren't connecting in the same value system that you were or complementary value systems. So even though the people were there, um, there's a mix match in those value systems. And I think there's something really beautiful about what you just said that you had to learn and establish what those values were. And that's when the aha moment happened of, oh, these people here don't have that same value system that I do. And that's where the mix match is happening. So I think there's a lot to unpack there of how, like of how, how important it is to know yourself um, in order to feel a sense of belonging, because once you can recognize what is important to you, even, you know, we um, were both the part of the third nature community. And I had an interesting conversation with Brian Helfman, who's uh, the founder of third nature, co-founder of third nature. 
And he talked about how um, it's really into what, actually, I take that back. I think he's the founder of Third Nature, co-founder of Startup Island, which is what used to be called. <laughs> we'll give Brian, Brian all the creds there. Um, but, you know, he, t- he talked about the beauty in celebrating others and how we get a lot from celebrating others. And so when we think about um, why we want to be celebrated and when we feel most celebrated, it's usually when that person is recognizing our core values and they're saying them out loud to us and they're saying, um, Taylor, I, I recognize that you were so thoughtful in that moment. And I'm like, you know, I, I want to be a thoughtful person. That's a value, you know, like that's something that's true to who I am and how I want to show up in the world. And when someone else can celebrate that about you, that means that they understand that and they see that and see you for who you want to be in the world and who you are in the world. And I think that when we um, have these different value systems or we don't have enough knowledge about what's important to us in the world, we can't connect on that same level. Um, We can't celebrate others. We can't celebrate ourselves when we don't have that compass for us. So I think that's a big distinction there is doing that inner work in order to have greater um, connection and greater results in terms of that, that outer community beyond yourself. Today, we did a conscious conversation on self leadership. And I think there was one thing that really came up for me was that part of being a good leader to others is being able to lead yourself. Because there's this paradox of being a human being where you're an individual and a part of an organization simultaneously at all times, in all ways. And so there, then I've, for a while there, there was a conflict of, do I take care of myself first so that I can take care of others? Mm. Or should I take care of others so that in my time of need, others will take care of me? And the answer is yes. <laughs> like mm. both and nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I just, I actually just unpacked, um, it was inspired by Casper, who I mentioned before, his book, The Power of Ritual dives into the importance of needing self-care and community care. And so I ended up taking both of those and writing Medium articles about each of them and how in certain parts of my life, I, well, I should say this differently. I need self-care in my life. And I also need community care being surrounded by others. And the relationship between the two of those is how I get to show up in the way that I do every day. And there's a woman, um, her name's Heather. She was a mentor of mine in the past. And she still is. I mean, she's someone I look up to. And she talked a lot about this idea of the spoon theory. So the spoon theory is that if we all start our days, let's say with five spoons, um, throughout the day, we have different interactions where we give spoons and get spoons. I think we even talked about this, the two of us, um, around how some activities in our day are really energizing. So we might receive a spoon versus other activities in our day might be not as energizing for us. They actually are quite tiring. So we might give out a spoon to others. And so as we talked about a little bit, it's like we have to have enough of those forms of self-care or community care if we're with others during that time um, to replenish those spoons so that we can continue to show up as ourselves, as leaders, as the people that we want to be uh, so we can inspire the other folks that are around us or to uplift the other people around us, whatever verb you want to add in there. But I think that relationship between community care and self-care is very, very important, especially 
in the world of being someone who is a community builder or is bringing together uh, people for a living. So one of the ways that I show up for my community through self-care is meditation. My morning routine is non-negotiable. It's like, if anyone asks me, oh, well, can't you just skip today? I can skip being your friend today. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a hard boundary for you. It's, yeah, it's a hard boundary for me. What are some of the ways that you take care of yourself that also helps you show up in your community? Because I find that the reason meditation is so is such a hard boundary for me is that when I set take those two hours to connect with myself, to connect with a deeper me, a higher me, mm-hmm. I'm able to show up in a way where I have a clear mind and a clear heart, more importantly. Mm. Yeah, so... One boundary that, as you shared, that came up for me is, and I established this from being pushed to the edge. You know, those like those moments where you're like, things aren't working right now and I need to reevaluate. <laughs> and so I am a busy person. I love my calendar, my Google calendar. It's color coded. I love putting things on my calendar. If you ask me if I want to do something in three months, I'm like, I don't know, already have that weekend booked up. Like I love having a schedule and planning out very far in advance. And I also recognize that I, again, through reaching a boundary that like was not okay, was I was overscheduling. I didn't have a rhythm to how I was spending my time. And that was hurting me because I wasn't able to replenish in the ways that we were just talking about. So now I have a very strict no plans Monday. So after work ends, I don't care what it is that's happening on Monday Uh, unless it is like a favorite artist that I've never seen in concert is coming to town or it's a best friend's 25th birthday. I am not (laughs) very specific. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like I am not, I am not leaving my apartment. Like I, or that's not even, I shouldn't even say that I might go for a walk that day. I don't know what it is, but I am not doing anything that would be put on a calendar. I will not be seeing any friends. That is a day to be centered and ready to start the week. I think if I, do something on a Monday, it just completely changes my week. Um, and I learned that the hard way, like I said. So one of my good friends uh, lives in Connecticut and we realized because of different vacations, we won't see each other until August now, unless I was gonna hang out with her next Monday uh, and go out to Connecticut to go see her. And so she was like, oh, are you free next Monday? That's the only day that works for me. And I had to tell her, no, I'll see you in August because like you just said, You have to set those boundaries because I know even though I could, in theory, hang out on Monday and make the trip out to Connecticut after work and see her for a dinner, it would change my entire week and my schedule and rhythm of how I do things because I know that I need that Monday to replenish. So Mm. yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard boundary too. Uh, And I also say that, you know, a couple of things I, like I said, I am a calendar person. And so I literally will put on my calendar, like me time other days of the week. So if I have no plans on Mondays, like I said, then I allow myself to hang out on either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday with friends, but I can only do two of those days or one of those days if I then have plans on Friday. So it is very like pre-scheduled in my mind, but I move around the little me time. So it's already on my calendar for set days and I can change it if I want to. And that schedule really helps me, like I said, just have that self-care on the calendar, whether that looks like going to a cycling class or hanging out on my rooftop or reading a book, I can 
enjoy the downtime so that I can be there and be fully present for the activity time. It sounds like you have to be very intentional about having that just alone time where you essentially regain some of your spoons. Yes, um, because, exactly. Because you are so involved in community, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's also interesting to reflect on this role that I have at Groove. I've now been in this position for just over a year. And this role is a lot more um, forward facing than the last role that I had in marketing, where I did a lot of more behind the scenes work. And so in doing this job, I am on video a lot. I am interacting with people a lot. Uh, my energy is really important to me that at the end of the day, I still have enough energy to enjoy the hours of five or six o'clock on and be myself, or that might look like replenishing on a Monday. So that Tuesday, I have the energy I need to go and hang out with friends, to go to see live music, to hang out with my partner, whatever it is. So it's just really interesting. I think um, that my days are a lot more high energy than they used to be. And in my last role, I was able to kind of bring that high energy after work a little bit more easily and turn it on because I didn't have that in my work day. I see. So in our few conversations that we've had, it also sounds like outside of work, you also make quite the effort to build communities. Um, tell us a little about that. Yeah. So I've done a lot of different community things. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm so a, mischievous. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of circles of people in my life is the way I like to look at it. Um, as you mentioned at the top of this call, one of my favorite phrases is the opposite of loneliness, which was originally shared by Marina Keegan, who has since passed away. Um, tragically, she was in a car accident right after graduating from Yale, where she gave the commencement speech called The Opposite of Loneliness. And that's what I had originally heard about it was reading her commencement speech. Um, so I highly recommend for listeners to check it out. And what she basically defines that that phrase as, is she, she says, there isn't really a word for the opposite of loneliness. It's not quite belonging. It's not quite love. It's not quite community. But it's this idea that there are people who are on your team. And so I think when I think about who is a part of my life, I have all these different circles of people who are on my team for different reasons. And I love the opportunity to bring them together. So I've been hosting these community leader gatherings, uh, trying to do things very low stakes, because as I mentioned, I host events and bring people together for a living and during my work day that after work day, it's like, okay, I could totally go above and beyond and knock this out of park and make it like a 200 out of 100 uh, type of a style event where things are crazy and there's like, it's very extravagant. But I've realized that again, in order to replenish my energy, I try to keep things low stakes after work that it's like, if others can help contribute to making it a really special gathering, I ask for help. So these community leader gatherings I've been doing, I just invite people to go to Central Park um, or we did another park that was in Brooklyn and I have one coming up in August. And so it's for folks who um, are community leaders in their, their daily work. And they might work at startups. They might be a freelancer bringing people together, whatever it is. Um, but I've started to create this little crew. And the idea is we, I bring the football, I bring a blanket, I bring a speaker, uh, I bring a couple of snacks, a couple of drinks. And I let them know I'm going to be laying out my blanket in Central Park at this time. If you want to come, I would love to see you. Uh, 
bring whatever you'd like to have a fun day in the park together. And so it's been a really special thing for people to contribute by bringing themselves. It was very cool. One of the sessions, this woman, Erin, brought an almond tort. And I was like, all right, she just raised the bar because she made this homemade almond tort that was like her relative's recipe. And it was insane. I ate almost half of it myself. (laughs) Uh, And (laughs) yeah, it was like so good. Uh, And so, and so my point being that like all of these people came together. So it was really special because we were co-creating this event because everyone was contributing. Mm. Uh, So that's one way that I, you know, I, I try to create these low stakes uh, offerings where I'm like, oh, all these people that I know from different parts of my life who are community leaders, let's all go. So there might be someone I knew from high school that ended up in a community role. There might be someone who I met at Third Nature who ended up in a community role, someone that I met at a random networking event or at Creative Mornings this morning, and they all then come together and meet for the first time. So that's a really special thing to be able to organize those types of gatherings. Um, I also try to do fun things with friends and people that I haven't seen in a while. So I recently hosted this flower making gathering on my rooftop, which was really fun. So we, everyone brought a bouquet of flowers and a snack and together we, um, you know, opened up all the bouquets, laid out all the different flowers and I bought mason jars. So that was my contribution was the mason jars, the like logistical like plates and cups and things like that. I grabbed a bottle of wine and one snack. Uh, and then everyone else came in and they brought all the other stuff and together we made these bouquets. So everyone left with a bouquet and a mason jar of whatever flowers they wanted to handpick together. And it was a really beautiful thing. So I think that the opportunity we have to open up contribution to come from everyone that's attending a gathering, it can be more low stakes that way, less energy and preparation needed on the host side of things um, is really, really special. So those are a few ways that I bring people together outside of work. That's so beautiful, Taylor, because like that that's been inspiring me. In fact, I've been making an effort to bring more people together because that's just it. What's been occurring to me these days is that I am you and you are me. Like we're we're all one. Like there's no separateness is an illusion that we create. Totally. And I think that's what's really beautiful, like I said, about these circles of people. We're all just dancing in these circles and there's something really beautiful around around circles overlapping and recognizing that someone's right there with you and um, to be able to bring those people together. And I think there's something really magical about a proper introduction. Like if I were to bring you and someone else I know together and properly say, hey, this is why you should know PV and PV, this is why you should know so-and-so. There's something really powerful about that. So I try to do that more and more because then it, it, it recognizes the circles of, oh, why am I in Taylor's circle? And why, am, why is this person in Taylor's circle? When I bridge that, I can say, oh, well, PV is like this and so are you and so am I. And that connection right there is really, really cool. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that when you create moments for people to recognize that they are very similar, it's a very explicit way to say, this is why you should know so-and-so and it doesn't leave it up to such a guessing game. That's so powerful because so many of the people that like I work with are just through word of mouth referrals. And so Mm -hmm. many of these calls start off with, I don't know what so-and-so has told you about me. So (laughs) I have, this person has told me nothing about you. So hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At least there's a level of trust there, I suppose, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's the most important piece. I think it's, we should honor that like meeting new people can be awkward, but that's mm-hmm. like, that's beautiful. You guys are awkward together. 
we are awkward together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that there's something really interesting about, like, I think about this a lot with, um, like LinkedIn, for example, if you take like a social platform that people traditionally go on for professional reasons, it's so specific, the types of conversations that you end up in based on your job title, based on who you're connected to, like, it's just very specific. And I think to myself, um, what if instead of connecting over our job titles or our fields of work, we connected around what brings us joy or what brings us energy. And I think we would realize that we have so much more in common when we answer those types of questions and connect for those reasons than we do those more standard questions of like, hi, I'm Taylor and this is my job, what's yours? Uh, and so if we can start with simply being at a party or being, I don't know, in a store and you start talking to the other person in Target that's in line with you, instead of saying, oh, what do you do or something, having even like a couple of good questions in the back of your pocket to learn more about what brings them energy and joy in the world uh, will lead to such a more meaningful conversation right away. Imagine if those referrals started with, hey, PV, I heard that meditation brings you so much energy in the morning. I started a meditation practice a couple of years ago too. What do you think about X, Y, and Z? That would be a really cool conversation to start off with that referral and connect on that personal level and then bring that into, well, meditation helps me in my professional life because of X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's such a great segue. So I think the way that we can connect people more on those types of questions is more powerful than your standard, like worky related questions. So what are some questions that you have in your back pocket that like you? Yeah. Have- so, yeah. So I think that there's, it's funny. I, as I'm like saying this, of course, I'm like, oh, what, what are my questions in the back pocket? Um, I've always been fascinated being in stores, like I mentioned. Um, and if you're in a grocery store, for example, I think it's very interesting how much you could hypothesize about a person based on what's in their shopping cart. So I <laughs> like I I have like I have like thought about this since I was really young because I've been like, oh, looks like they're making tacos tonight. Um, <laughs> So there's, you know, like you can learn a lot or if you're like, wow, they've got like, they're making tacos and they've got three packages of like turkey, like ground turkey for the tacos. They probably have a pretty big family if they're like making all that or damn, they've got their life together. They're meal prepping. Like, it's just interesting how you can kind of start to form these stories in your mind around different people as you start to observe different things. Um, So I would say one of, you know, one of the things that I, I like to talk about is weekends. I think that you learn a lot about how someone spends time on the weekend uh, because you have the opportunity to design that for yourself typically. So that's something that I lean on quite a bit. If it's a Friday and I'm at Trader Joe's, oh, this is actually a fabulous example. It was so funny, but they learned more about me, but I also learned about them. So, okay. I asked this man that was in Trader Joe's, I was waiting in line and he was the employee that was directing everyone to go to different, um, I can't even believe I'm telling this story right now. Uh, So he was directing everyone to go to different lines in Trader Joe's, okay? This is last Friday. It was my friend Lauren's birthday, uh, 25th birthday. Thank God it didn't land on a Monday. And (laughs) I said to this man, I was like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And so he was like, unfortunately, I'm working. My weekends are Monday and Tuesday. So we had like a little back and forth about how he was like, not really sure. It depends on what the weather is going to be like those days. And, you know, like we had a little bit bit of a back and forth talked about how he liked going to the parks. And then he was like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to karaoke tonight for my friend's birthday. That's what she really wanted to do for her birthday. So a bunch of us are going to this karaoke place. And he's like, 
oh, what's your go-to karaoke song? And I'm like, uh, Dancing Queen, is that too predictable? And he was like, oh, well, do you want to get warmed up here in Trader Joe's on this fine, mo- or fine, fine Friday morning? And I'm like, no, no one wants to hear that. I'm like, absolutely not. Um, we're all good. And he's like, well, you know, I can make some, some, you know, space happen. If you want to get up on those water bottles over there, like these cases of water bottles were all stacked up. And he's like, you can kind of like belt it out from there. And I'm like, nope, think I'm all good, but thanks. So we're just kind of like playing around. And then I was like, he was like, what, what would you need? Do you need a drink? Like, what do you need in order to get ready to like warm up instead of Trader Joe's? And I was like, well, maybe if we could dim the lights uh, and redirect the attention off of me, that might be a good idea. And he's like, I could totally make that happen. And then as we were talking about this, he's like, all right, line six is all yours. Like, go for it. Um, I'm disappointed that you didn't sing. So I like went to line six. I was chatting it up with the woman there. And as I was leaving, I was going up the escalator and I like passed by the guy and I just started singing like, you are the dancing. And I just started like, singing it as I'm going up. He was laughing so hard. And it was like this really beautiful moment with a stranger that like, I think part of the key of like, now that I'm sharing this story and reflecting on it, I think part of the key was that I was willing to share very personal open details about myself and bring my personality into that. So you never know what could happen. I think a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I would never say something to someone in Trader Joe's, let alone start singing a lyric when my voice is, you know, just for fun, not like a professional singing voice. Um, and so, so I think that, yeah, there was, I, I, again, I'm saying this example out loud for the first time, but I think that by asking uh, something about the weekend and then also recognizing that sometimes that can lead to more of a dead end, or if people start to re- redirect the, the conversation onto you, you can share something and then that can tell you something about them. So then in that conversation, he was talking about how he hadn't been to karaoke in a long time, but one of his favorite memories was doing karaoke with his college roommates. And again, you just learn a lot about people when you open that door. So that was a long, long answer. And I don't even remember what the question was at this point. (laughs) What do I ask? Yeah, I think weekends are a good, easy thing to ask about. Because you get to the heart of like, why do you like to do what you do? What's energizing for you to do on the weekend? Yeah, no, I I love that answer. And I, I love that you... You decided to speak to a stranger because, yeah, there's so many times in our lives we go to restaurants, we go to grocery stores, there are strangers serving us. And more often than not, we don't speak to them. Yeah, and I think there's just really beautiful moments where you think back to all the strangers that you've met along the way who taught you something about life or about yourself, and they might never know it. And I think that there's something really beautiful about being able to tell that to someone I was, uh, I was thinking the other day how when you have a waiter at a restaurant, uh, there's a really interesting opportunity there. You're spending possibly two hours together during that time. You know, they're, you know, in and out and whatever, but they can leave a real impact on that experience and you can leave a real impact on their day. I've been a hostess and a waiter myself um, to be on the receiving at the end of that. I remember a couple of great tables that we had a lot of fun and there was this guy, his name was Stevie, and he came over to our table. He was our waiter. I was, it was over a year ago now, a year and a half ago. Um, and he introduced himself. He goes, hey, hey everyone, uh, I'm Stevie, Stevie Nicks, Stevie Wonder, whatever you want to call me, I'm Stevie. And I still remember that introduction because I wasn't going to forget Stevie's name. Like he just, and so he like said, like, anyone have any questions? And I said, no, but I just want to let you know, I'm Taylor, Taylor Swift. And so we had this like very funny 
like interaction together. And I just thought to myself, like, I learned a lot about how impactful it is to give someone a reference to your name if you can, whether it's saying, um, if, if it's your name, great, or if it's just something you want them to remember. So Groove's website, for example, is now groove.oo instead of .com. And so I usually say it's groove.oo, like out of office. And so people then remember it, whereas .oo might just fly right over their head. They don't really remember what that is. Um, and I think the, the opportunity for us to teach people those little tips and tricks in our lives, even if it's for just a couple of uh, seconds there or a couple of minutes is really powerful that like here I am talking about Stevie like 19 months later <laughs> and he made an impact on me and he won't even remember it or know about it. You know, this is true. In fact, your story about Stevie reminded me. So after undergrad, like I majored in three things in undergrad because I was like, I'm never going to be homeless again. I'm going to have a job after college. And my first job after college was being a waitress at a taco joint <laughs> because like, and I'm sure you got stories about strangers. Yes. I mean, okay. So during that time, I remember this old man, he asked me uh, what I was, he's like, you seem like you're well-spoken. You seem very disciplined. What are you doing at a taco joint? Um, and I told him, he's like, you know what? don't worry, this is just the after effects of the recession that had hit in 2008. I graduated in 2012. And mm. this happened in the 70s too. Just enjoy your time while you can. In fact, this might be one of the best times of your life. And he wasn't wrong. I always look back at that time and it was some of the greatest times of my life, making tacos at the on the See? beach. Yeah. And we have it. Yeah, and that him telling me don't worry was the first like inkling of me being like no this isn't forever like everything is temporary and like to just bring it all full circle i think that's the magic of community and connection and growth is we have the opportunity to help people grow in those little moments of connection whether it's two minutes of talking to them as you walk into the taco shop whether it's being in an Uber ride with them for 15 minutes. I was in an Uber ride once and by the end I had the driver convinced he was gonna go and sign up for college. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you're gonna do it. He was like putting it off. He had started his degree and then paused it. And like, I don't know, did he end up going to college or not? But if I was the person that convinced this man to go to college, I like, I hope, I hope that even if it wasn't that, maybe he decided to do something different, but like the fact that like we can show up in those little moments and give people the burst of energy or encouragement or be them for the fair for them or just even see them and hear them we have that power as, as strangers and we have that power as someone who's like a friend or a connection but i think that um when we're strangers with someone it almost gives us a little bit more permission to not to not have to know what follow like what's the follow through i don't need to check in with them i don't need to um be there for them for longer term support but if you just say that one thing to them that couldn't make a difference you don't know so yeah there's something really magical about that yes like i genuinely believe that every action that we make including even saying words is like making a bang in the universe and the the vibrations that reverberate from it are everlasting like when you throw a stone in water those ripples yeah. they keep going and going and going totally and i think the more that we can 
actually reach out and tell people about the difference that they made in our lives, that's a really beautiful thing. Uh, I think about, for example, I uh, reached out to my third grade teacher a few, a couple of years ago to just let her know. I mean, I have not talked to her since, I mean, I've talked to her since third grade because my younger brothers went through that school system. So I think I saw them at like their fifth grade graduation, but that was gosh, they just graduated from high school. Like that was a really long time ago. And I had not seen her in years. I didn't know if she would remember me, but she gave me such permission to be creative and embraced that side of me that other teachers hadn't and that the traditional school system hadn't so much with all the multiple choice tests and science and math and, you know, all that stuff. And she had really allowed me to be the person that I was supposed to be and should be and am at my core. And I wanted to let her know that. So I sent her an email out of the blue and let her know that. And it was, I think, a really beautiful moment for her to, to hear that. She came back with this sweetest message. And I was like, why don't we do more of this in the world? And so I think that's one of the things that I'm on a mission on and, and, and how I love connecting with people. Like if someone's made a difference for you, I think that that's really important to speak up and let them know because um, you don't know the ripple effect of that. you know what you said like if if you make a boom in the world once if you knew that boom was really helpful to the one person imagine how many more times you would make a similar boom I love that well Taylor thank you so much for coming on my show what is something you would like to leave the listeners off with oh it's such a good question uh I have been writing a lot on medium so if anyone wants to check out my medium that's a cool way to sneak into my brain and see what I'm thinking about uh, I think it's like medium. And then at the end you do like dash, like, Hey, Tay hair. So H E Y T A Y H A R. So yeah, if anyone wants to go check that out, but if I was going to say, what should I leave you with? I would nudge you to go and look up the commencement speech, the opposite of loneliness, because I really do think it captures a lot of what we talked about today and um, beautifully encapsulates that idea of being a part of each other's lives, even if it's not so connected as you might think. And who gave this commencement speech? Marina Keegan is her name. Marina Keegan. Well, you guys, you've heard it here. Um, I will add all the links to the show notes as well. All right. Thank you so much, Taylor. This was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you for having me, Phoebe.